Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. Is it all right for Christ followers in business to make money? I mean, is there a chance that we might be in the wrong if we make a lot of money? Is that possible? For years, you've heard us talk on the show about the fact that God created business and commerce and that it's good. I think it's gaining the right perspective and making sure that all you do and all that you make isn't focused on you and your possessions. That God blesses you not necessarily just to increase your status of living, but mostly to increase your status of giving. There is a right and wrong when it comes to running a business. In fact, there are principles for the profits that we make today. Bobby Albert joins us to talk about his career at the Albert Companies and then beyond and about his passion for values-driven leadership Bob and, and his book, Principled Profits, Outward Success is an Inside Job. Bobby Albert, welcome to I Work For Him. Bobby Albert, you got to, you all of a sudden came into the leadership of your family business. What happened? How did that happen? Well, if I can share kind of a story here is that my father started a furniture upholstery and refinishing business in 1938. Uh, in the late 50s um, is that him uh, listening to his customers uh, who back then, you know, we didn't have, re- you know, retail stores like you know them today, furniture retail stores. And uh, his customers were saying, hey, uh, you just re-upholstered and refinished all this furniture, and we're also thinking about moving. Would you mind moving us? Because we're worried about the movers tearing all this up. So uh, my dad started a moving business. Well, I was very fortunate as a little boy to be able to hang out with my dad um, a lot. I mean, I knew who the people at the insurance company the bankers, I knew the people that repaired them, you know, the trucks. Uh, I knew even back then we had full service, you know, service, you know, gasoline stations. And um, I, I knew the guy, you know, the people that would put the fuel in the trucks. So, uh, and I remember the first job that my dad let me go out on. On I was 12 years old. And... Uh, right before I went out, he said, Bobby, now when you go out there, I don't want you to act like the boss's son. Now, I, I don't know about you, but, and I don't, when I think back uh, as a 12 year old kid, somehow I knew exactly what he meant. And, and from that day forward, I committed that I was going to be the swamper. I was there to serve those uh, uh, those people who were working on the trucks. Uh, I was going to do all the jobs that they didn't want to do. Uh, I was I would run between the truck and the house, and the house and and the truck. And so uh, that's where I really kind of got started in this moving business. And I worked on the trucks, you know, through high school, and I went to to the university here locally 
And even on Saturdays, uh, while I was in the, at going to the college, I would go in on Saturday mornings and prepare paperwork for jobs coming up, did some of his bookkeeping and, and those kind of things. But uh, I was also very fortunate to graduate from college uh, at the after three years uh, at the age of 20. Uh, so uh, a lot of my college buddies, you know, were still had another year to go. Well, uh, a few months after I had graduated is uh, my, I was with some of my buddies. Uh, we were, you know, right before the fall semester was about ready to start, and we were playing foosball. And uh, while we were there, well, I, some people came up to me and said, Hey, Bobby, uh, uh, we just got a call and your dad's had a heart attack and uh, mm. they've taken him to the emergency room. Uh, a bunch of my buddies that w- I was playing foosball with right before that small uh, fall semester of college, uh, we hopped in the car, rushed down to the uh, emergency room at the hospital, and I walked in these double doors, and there my mom was over to the left, and she stood up, and about that time, the doctor came up to us, and, and he came over, and he was a family, you know, long as our family doctor, and uh, he kind of looked down and said, uh, Bobby, uh, I, I, wasn't able to, uh, I wasn't able to save you. So right then, I was thrust uh, to become the leader of this small family business. It had five employees. Uh, what I didn't know at the time, and it's a lot of money today, but in 1973, this is, you know, a long time, uh, is that our total revenue was less than $90,000, and we were $70,000 in debt. I had to set, sit down with uh, with these three bankers at the time, and, of course, two of them wanted to go ahead and shut us down. Uh, fortunately, one of them uh, wanted to give me a chance, and somehow he convinced the other two uh, to give me a chance, um, and they did. But I had I had to just scrape and scrape and scrape and scrape for you know to make it work. And um, I remember I had to have a fierce conversation. I, I'm 20 years old. And I had to ask these five employees to take a pay cut. Uh, now, I, I tell you what, to ask someone to take a pay cut, you know, think about it today, how hard it would be. Mm. But, what, but what surprised me is I got 100% acceptance. I think it's had a lot to do with they had, they had re, you know, respect for my dad because my dad really took care of his employees. Uh, but also, all those years, going back when I was 12 years old, working side by side with these people, uh, me taking, you know, like one break to their two breaks. And so, you know, they knew my work ethic, and I gained their trust over many years there that they also respected me. And um, uh, I, I, I uh, it, it was a very tough time, but with you know, uh, even though I wasn't a Christian yet, I can look back and see the, 
God's hand in all of this because within two years, we had grown uh, with a lot of people helping me. We had grown our revenue by 252%, and we had the highest profits that the company uh, had ever had. And from there forward, our company just kept growing, kept growing, kept growing, kept growing, until I sold the company in 2011 to a public traded company, and we had over 150 employees, and it was a very successful company. You said earlier that you that leadership came naturally to you in your book. Though you distinguish between leaders being being a leader and being a manager, what's the difference between being a leader and a manager? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. It, it you know it uh, I knew there was a difference. Uh, I just didn't quite understand it until several years later. But leading is more dealing with uh, that we enhance relationships. Managing we drive for results. Leading is focusing on on people. Managing focuses on the things of the business. Leading, you lead people, you manage things. And you focus on leading, you focus on the how we say and do and, and managing is focus is, is on what we say and do now but most people get really caught up in the managing people and leading things and and what's the danger there when people start managing people instead of man i mean there's a big danger there when you try to control people isn't there well uh what i had learned and it took me a while to figure this out as well is that the most effective leader uh, leads, uh, it, it's, is they enhance relationships and drive for results. And most leaders I have found are driving for results. I talk to CEOs all the time. Their whole focus is give me more results, give me more results, give me more results. Basically what they're saying, I want more profit, I want more profit, I want more profit. And they ask me to help them they want me to come in and fix their people. The truth is, the CEO is the one that needs to be fixed. And, uh, what I have learned... You just ticked a bunch of people off. Bobby, Bobby, you just ticked yeah. a bunch of people off. I know, I know. But it's the truth. Most CEOs think, or leaders, uh, think that the first thing I need to do is to grow my business. But the first thing they need to do is to grow them, then grow their people, and then their business will grow. So how did you grow as a leader? How did you make sure that you were growing and maturing and improving as a leader? Well, I, uh, I tell you what, it took me a while to figure that out as well. But this kind of goes back to when I was even a little boy. I was, as a little boy, I was full of curiosity. I mean, I was just, my parents would have maybe, I had a lot of energy. I was very active. My parents would have probably told you that, uh, that I had ADDDDDDDD, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I think this is the reason why they started me in school a year earlier than everyone else in kindergarten, because I was only four years old. So 
uh, I've always had this curiosity. I was always had a deep desire for personal growth, uh, to learn. Uh, when, you know, when we were talking about me scraping and scraping, I mean, I would study things about the business, about how to run the business better, uh, industry information. I mean, I would put myself to sleep at night, uh, just reading constantly you know learning i knew i had because that if i can say this is i had that i was going i i learned this later but i knew somehow uh my intuition is i was the one that's going to be the lid to the growth of the business and i needed to be growing faster than the people but i also needed to help them grow uh and develop themselves so that eventually it was going to help our business grow. I, I want to go into something else you wrote in there about, yeah, you made this statement. We, the uninformed, working for the inaccessible, are doing the impossible for the ungrateful. What does this say about the typical corporate organizational leadership that typically happens? And what's that? How was that different than how you led? I'm going to read it again. We, the uninformed, Working for the inaccessible are doing the impossible for the ungrateful. That describes so many jobs in the United States of America. Well, you're exactly right. And that's a quote uh, from my mentor for over 20 years, a guy named Jim Lundy. And you're exactly right. When I visit other workplaces and talk to CEOs or leaders of, of an organization, is that it's mainly the people on the front line. That's how many of them feel. <clears throat> uh, Gallup uh, did a, uh, through their research, they surveyed over 1 million employees and over 85,000 companies, which is a huge sampling. And what they found that only 33% of the companies were engaging their employees on a regular basis. Uh, in other words, when those employees went to work each day is that they were excited. They had a passion. They were enthusiastic to get to work to do a great job. But it's sad that there's 67% of the companies out there is that people are going to work each day and they're disengaged. In other words, uh, to them, it's just na 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 na. You know, it's just putting in my day, give me my paycheck. You know that kind. And there's also a group that's totally disengaged. In other words, they're walking the hallway speaking bad about the boss and about the company. So, well, that's bound to happen if they don't if they don't think the people that that run the company care about them. Of course, they're going to speak bad about them because they're just they're frustrated. People want to know they're loved and appreciated at work. That's just part of the deal. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, what uh, what Gallup found in their in their research was that do you care for me? Do I, in other words, you know, do you look at me as a person? Do I belong here? In other words, do I fit here? Can I contribute to? Uh, the goals of the company. Does this company stand for something? And do you create a learning environment that I can do the best job I can do? We had a tool which we call the one, two, three. 
in our total company. I mean, everybody knew what the one, two, three was. And what that said is that uh, at the beginning of the decision-making process and before I made a decision or, you know, me as a CEO or another leader in a department or whatever it was in our company, is that before I made a decision, I'd ask myself three questions. Who can help me make a better decision? Who will be impacted by it? And who's going to have to carry it out? And I would get them involved in the decision-making process. You focused in the book, one of, one of the chapters, I don't have it written down, but the difference between expedient behavior and principled behavior. What do you mean? Well, uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> That's a very, uh, you know, very good question about that. And what, you know, this is kind of oversimplifying it, but uh, expediency uh, behavior is one that, that it's the easiest, you know, I'm going to do what is the easiest and the quickest that can make me the happiest in the short run. Uh, it's deep down. It's mostly rooted in fear, and if you continue this path, and a lot of people, especially today, in the, in other parts of their life, not just talking about their work life, uh, they'll end up with negative consequences that they're just, and then they want to start blaming other people. A principal behavior is somebody that will willing to accept short-term pain and sacrifice invest in time energy and money uh, and it's built on faith but what they will see over the long term is is growth blessings and success You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace is my mission field, but I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at iworkforhim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at iworkforhim.com or follow us on social media at iworkforhim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at iWorkForHim and online, iWorkForHim.com.